I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. With Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk. Welcome in episode 35 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. I'm back, Coomzy. You are back. It's exciting. It's exciting to hear that introduction. I can't, I can't quite get the same level of excitement that you do with the introduction. So it's great to have you back doing that for me. Uh, let's just say the excitement comes from watching what I think we both just watched, and that is Canada winning a gold medal in women's soccer. Uh, just in terms of like sporting events I've watched live, that goes up in the top 10 for like a nerves I was feeling and B just like general excitement and drama. That was crazy. Those penalty kicks were insanely jarring. That was a roller coaster. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, when the, when the, when the Swedish player had the chance to ice it and win gold, like they, 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 they zoomed it on her face and she just looked like a, like a stone cold killer. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this, this girl's ending it here. This is going to be an iconic moment for Sweden. <laughs> she just missed the fucking net. It's like, holy shit, what just happened? That was nuts. The keeper for Canada, like an all-time performance, Olympic hero. Um, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there are a ton of great stories. And I'm not sure when the closing ceremonies are, because there are uh, certain rules in terms of like how long you can stay in Tokyo after your event's done. But she she could probably carry the flag for Canada in the closing ceremonies. Oh, yeah. uh, shout out to Canada's women's national team. That's, a, that's an all-time, all-time Olympic win for them. Uh, Coomzy? A pretty good week for the Blue Jays as well. They go up against the Cleveland soon-to-be Guardians and they roll out three out of four wins. I mean, obviously, you would have loved to see them win all four. The first game was actually pretty tight. Kind of a missed opportunity as well when you consider the fact if they would have scored a third run at some point in the first nine innings, they would have won that ball game. Uh, but three out of four, pretty easy to be happy with that, right? Oh, yeah. There's, there's no complaints here. I mean, Cleveland is okay. They're fine. Yeah. They're not an easy team to go ahead and just sweet like kansas city when they rolled in uh on the weekend for the jays homecoming it was like they're gonna sweep the royals there is no doubt yeah and it happened and then cleveland you know they have some pretty good pitchers good bullpen blah 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 whatever you took three of four and then you've also gone six of seven since returning to toronto and it just does kind of show what we've been saying all year is that once this team gets back and they're actually playing in front of their own fans they're going to get such a momentum boost that they are most certainly going to go on a run and that's what we're seeing right now We'll get into three up, three down in just a second here. But yeah, we've been talking about this run. We've been waiting for the Blue Jays to go on. And uh, they're now eight and two in their last 10. And the good news to go along with that is that when you look at the teams in front of them, 
I mean, the Rays are 500 in their last 10. The A's have that same record as well. The Red Sox are starting to shit the bed. They're three and seven. We're going to talk about that later. But this has the feeling of that kind of run we got in 2015, where they can just start rattling off consistently. Eight out of 10, eight out of 10, eight out of 10. And uh, it was a big step taking three out of four from Cleveland. We're going to preview the Red Sox series coming up. But first... Three up, three down. It's presented by Twig and Berries. Twigandberries.ca. If you're in Edmonton like me, you can go to their physical store. Try the stuff on yourself. If you're in Toronto like Coomsey, it's free shipping on orders over $75 in Canada. Uh, promo code Nation15 as well. Our first up, because we are doing the ups first, and it's George Springer letting us all know why the Blue Jays gave him the money they did last winter. An incredible performance. He went eight for 18 with two home runs and five RBIs, a couple of leadoff homers. It was must-watch TV when this guy was up to bat. Um, and I'll say it again, he's showing why the Jays paid him the amount they did. Yeah, 100%. This is uh, this this kind of week, the homecoming week, has been kind of the, the coming out party for George Springer. Yeah. He's obviously not had the ideal first season due to the injuries. And he had a little bit of a slow start coming back, which was inevitable because, you know, the pitchers are all heated up and he's spent a good chunk of the year on the injured list. Mm. But now thanks to this hot streak, he's played 39 games and he's got the third highest weighted runs created plus in major league baseball behind only Vlad jr. And Shoyo Tani. Now this is um, accounting for players who have, you know, had at least 150 plate appearances. So it's not like, I mean, yeah. there's, it, there's a bit of a flaw in the stat. I am aware of that, but it just goes to show like how well he is hitting now. And I mentioned this in the podcast, I think a few weeks ago, I said, I think we're going to see the best of George Springer when the games start to really matter. And I mean, there was this past week has featured a pretty significant amount of pressure because the team is really behind the eight ball and there's a big uphill climb for them and they need to start winning games. So every game here on out feels like a playoff game and he's, you know, delivered as such. Yeah, he's back in that leadoff spot. It seems like the order they got's working really well for not just Springer, but one Bo Bichette who stepped up on Thursday and did kind of what, you know, a star player does. And he kind of won them that game from an offensive perspective. We'll get into the pitching in just a second. But on Thursday, Bo hits a huge home run to give him a 2-0 lead, comes through with another RBI later in the game, and bang, the Jays win 3-0 off the back of just that. Uh, there's going to be games like, again, when you go on a run, you're not going to win every game 8-2 with everyone firing on all cylinders but when you can squeak out wins like that where you just have one guy who like really comes through for you offensively and it's enough those are the ones that will allow you to build a streak you know like when you when your team doesn't have their best someone steps up and finds a way to deliver and that was Bo on Thursday yeah Bo 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 pretty much single-handedly won them that game obviously there was the pitching but he was pretty much all of the offense and then as we said Springer the game before that it was four for five with three RBIs and then in the um the second game of the series, the one that they won seven to the one they won pretty handily to Oscar Hernandez went three for three with three RBI. So it's like all three games they won in this series. It was a different guy from their, I guess, big five stepping up and like, and, and, and carrying it offensively. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is there's so much depth in this lineup and it doesn't matter if one guy goes cold, like Vladdy had, <clears throat> you know, not his best series, but that's fine because you have, Bo Bichette or George Springer, or Teoscar Hernandez or Marcus Semyon, someone's going to pick up the slack and it's very unlikely we're going to see all five of those guys go cold at the same time. That's what'll make things so exciting here down the stretch. Uh, we talked about the pitching and in the first two games of the series, you had Ray and Ryu and they each give up two earned. So, I mean, solid starts there, but what was 
the most surprising part of it for me is what you got from Stephen Matz and Ross Stripling. And Matz gave up six hits and a walk, but he never gave up a run and he struck out eight. And then he got six shutout innings from Ross Stripling as well. And I saw you tweeting from the BJN account calling him this year's Marco Estrada, Coombsy. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, he felt he had that one bad start. And I'm trying to think back Boston. to when he, yeah, against Boston. And it was kind of like, okay, like it was right, right, right after they announced they were coming home. And he said yeah. after the game, he was in a little bit of a bad headspace because he was like, all right, I'm not gonna be able to see my family for a few months, my newborn mm-hmm. child. So feeling a little anxious, got lit up. And then, you know, since then, he's been good. He's been good. And uh, we talked about Bo being a big part of Thursday's win, stripling equally, if not a greater part of Thursday's win as well. Getting these quality starts from guys lower in the rotation. I mean, again, like the ingredients that will allow you to keep going on these long runs. That's a big part of it. And Matson and Matson stripling did their job and then some. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. It's 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 so different now than where we were at the beginning of the season where it was like, okay, we have two starters, if that. And then after that, it's like, how are we even filling up these innings? And now we're asking ourselves, geez, which one of these two pretty solid starters, Stripling or Mats, is going to, you know, be taken out to be made a reliever or long man or something like that. that. That's the place where now where there's too many competent starters to fit all in the rotation. It's, 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 yeah, it's a, a huge change of scenery from where we were earlier on. That's for sure. We're going to we're going to talk about what to kind of do in the rotation uh, coming up here in just a second. Uh, you have an honorable mention written down here in three up, three down. And I love this Adam Simber getting fired up after the final win of the series when he picks up a save uh, at a time when, you know, still maybe not a ton of trust in the bullpen right now to see a guy like Simber step up, just roll through the through Cleveland in that final inning and then show a little emotion on home field. That was cool. That was a nice moment. Yeah, this guy's turning himself into a fan favorite. And I, yeah. I, I, I keep going back to this trade they made with Miami and it makes no sense. Like what? Simber threw 14 and one third innings for the Jays has allowed one earned run on six hits and one walk while striking out 11. He's been like one of Major League Baseball's best relievers over the past like month or two. And they, yeah. they got this guy along with Corey Dickerson, who's pretty good. I know. Decent lefty bat for fucking Joe Panic and a random prospect. I mean, it goes to show like they they paid some money in the deal, right? Which I guess is why Miami Dickerson's money. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Like even Dickerson, like a lefty bat that, I mean, he's playing right now, but even if he was just coming off your bench, like he'd be a solid asset. The deal makes no, it didn't make a ton of sense at the time. I think we came on this podcast and said, we loved the move. And now looking back on it, it's like, how did that even somehow work out better than we thought it would? Very confusing, but yeah, Simber is uh, one of the reliable arms in the bullpen, and that ties in nicely to our three downs. Uh, Brad Hand getting a chance to make his Blue Jays debut, and it did not exactly go well. Uh, Hand came in in the first game of the series, gave up two earned, uh, three runs in total, actually, in just one inning. Jays eventually lose that ball game. Not a great debut for Hand, but the bullpen... I mean, they won three of four. So, like, again, it's hard to complain, but, like, they were not good in this series. No, the bullpen is still definitely a worry. And, I mean, Simber's been really good. Tim Mays has been really good, too, recently. But, I mean, even in that game where they were winning, uh, it, was the, it was the second, the, the Wednesday game, the one where they were winning handily. They were winning 8 nothing, And then it got surprisingly close towards the end of Jordan <laughs> Romano in the ninth inning. Didn't look that good. So, I mean, like, you have Brad Hand, who used to be, 
like a premier closer. He was, I think he led major league baseball in saves last year in the shortened season. And he hasn't been all that good this year. They took a bit of a gamble on the trade when they acquired him. Okay. Like his spin rates down. Maybe there's something with the sticky stuff who knows, but yeah, that plus Romano not looking so great since the sticky stuff thing as well. Yeah. That's a little bit of a worry for the back end of your bullpen. So I'm not hundred percent sure exactly how they're going to put it together. I think it's, there's enough options now that they can kind of just roll with a hot hand. Like, you know, you have Sim, he's pitching really well. So make him your ninth inning guy. You don't have to have like a decided closer at this point. No. And when you look at the way their bullpen is like, I mean, Richards has still been pretty good for them. Um, mm-hmm. Tim Miza has been solid whenever he's called upon. And I do, I like that point you made, like you don't need a dedicated closer to come in every time you're in the lead, you can just ride a hot hand. And right now, Simber's the hot hand. And like you said, with, with Romano, I would imagine Simber's going to keep getting those, those, those duties in, in late tight games. Um, another bit of bad news on the, on the bullpen front is that Joachim Soria is already injured. Um, maybe it's just like his introduction to the organization. Like, Hey man, you got to spend like a couple days on the IL and like figure this out. Um, but that's not ideal after you just fucking acquired a guy. Yeah, that's not that's not what you like to see. He came in, he made his first appearance. Uh, it was in the first. It was in the first game of the series. Yeah. He pitched. I think it was the eighth inning. Came in, pitched an inning, struck a guy out, didn't allow a hitter a walk, and it's like, oh fuck yeah! Like we got Joaquin Soria in the mix. He's good, good veteran, and then he's on the injured list like the next day. And you're like, ah, well, you hate to see that. <laughs> that's unfortunate because I think, um, yeah, Soria would have been. Well, I mean, I imagine he's not going to miss the rest of the season, but yeah, you know, Soria is a nice ad for the bullpen because they don't really have many veterans back there Mm -hmm. guys with like a lot of experience and he was that speaking of injuries and veterans our third down is it's disappointing when you when we saw the news the jays had traded john axford to the brewers um for exactly one dollar i believe was the transaction uh and then axford it comes out that he's gonna have a uh, season ending and i mean in all likelihood career ending injury for the big canadian he's not gonna pitch again this year for Milwaukee, uh, really disappointing, like a good guy. He's always been good on the broadcast. It was a fun little comeback story to keep an eye on and watch. And we were you know, sort of hoping maybe he would get a shot with the big league club. Um, that obviously wasn't going to be in the cards once they made their moves leading up to the to the deadline. But still disappointing, like a guy who seems like, like a good one, right? Yeah, it would have been it would have been a really cool comeback story. And it was it was cool to see him come over because I think he hadn't pitched since in the majors since 2018. That was the year he was with the Jays. He traded for the Dodgers, and he only pitched a handful of games before getting hurt. And then he finally made his way all the way back, which is you know a hell of a comeback story for a guy who's like damn near forty. And he pitched really well in AAA. I thought I remember a whole bunch of us were thinking, oh geez, like this guy could actually be like a solution for the Jays. And I think ultimately when they got Soria as kind of their veteran, then they were like, ah, okay, like we don't need to have John Axford in the forty-man roster. Don't want to make a different transaction, so send him somewhere else. And then he was in Milwaukee, which is where he used to be very good. He was an all-star closer there. So it was, it was a cool story seeing him back. And then he gets injured, you know, like four pitches in or something. And it's like, oh, you hate to see that. That's, that's just, that's kind of depressing, but at least he made it to the majors though. Right. At least he, he got into a game. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Let's uh, let's keep moving along here on Blue Jays Nation Radio. That was three up three down brought to you by Twig and Berries. Uh, Let's get to some other stuff. The rotation. We're going to go into this weekend now against Boston. Things set up perfectly because they kept all six starters in, in, in the rotation for this last series or for this last run through things. But now on that doubleheader on Saturday, you're going to get a chance to have both Barrios and Ray pitch. You basically have your four best pitchers going this weekend against Boston. 
but what do you do going forward? Cause you have some off days coming up. I know there's another doubleheader next, not this coming yeah. Tuesday, but the following Tuesday against uh, the Yankees on August 17th. But do you keep rolling a six man rotation or do you shorten this thing up and go back down to five? If you go down to five, who goes to the bullpen is it stripling or mats? What would you do? Uh, I think you leave it for now with the two doubleheaders coming up because you got this weekend. They play twice on Saturday. Oh, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're doing the, the, the doubleheader against the Angels. Yeah. Yeah. So there's four this weekend and then there's an off day on the Monday and then they play two on Tuesday after their travel day going out yeah. west. So I think you, you, you keep it rolling there. And then honestly, it just comes down to who's got the hot hand, like who's pitching better between Stripling and Mats. Stripling has more experience coming out of the bullpen. He did so with the Dodgers and he was quite good in the role you know, being the kind of guy that might bridge the gap. If somebody has a short start or he can make a spot start if necessary, that's probably the move. But Stripling's been better than Matt's recently, so it's kind of hard to say. They could also just keep rolling with a six-man rotation. I don't think that's necessarily ideal. Like, I don't think you traded, you know, Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson to acquire Jose Barrios to not have him make as many starts as possible. Yeah. You're, you know, you're not taking starts away from Robbie Ray, who's, probably going to finish second or third in Cy Young voting this year to have Steven Matz make starts. Mm. It's not necessarily ideal, but there is an argument for it because it makes sure everyone's well-rested. Hyunjin Ryu pitches better on more rest. Alec Manoa, he's, you know, a rookie, doesn't have that many innings. So yeah, it makes, it makes a little bit of sense, but I would imagine someone's going back into the bullpen. I would guess it's stripling based on experience. Uh, the confusion there came because I had the Red Sox schedule pulled up right next to the Blue Jays schedule. And I was reading that. So I'm shaking off the rust in my first, yeah, in my first podcast back. I'm a little bit behind the eight ball, um, but yeah, no, it makes sense with that doubleheader coming up against LA. Like, yeah, you, two doubleheaders in four days. You'd probably keep the rotation at six here for the time being, and then probably as we move into the later half of that series against Seattle, is when we'll probably get some sort of news on who is or potentially isn't going down to the bullpen. Uh, one guy who could maybe factor into the bullpen situation going forward, Nate Pearson. And I saw Scott Mitchell of TSN was uh, answering some questions on Twitter the other day. And someone brought up the idea of, of maybe could Nate Pearson come up and be the guy for the Jays in the bullpen. We saw him pitch a really good outing against Tampa Bay in the playoffs last year. Would, is that something you think we could see? Is that something you'd like to see? I'm trying to find the tweet here. Uh, Mitchell described it as, quote, probably not even a long shot. That's That Pearson could factor into the bullpen. It's a oh, chance. Yeah, no, there's there's almost no doubt at this point that... They've, He's they've not coming up said, to be a starter, yeah. No, they've already closed the door on him being a starter this season. There isn't enough time to get him uh, built up again. So his season is now as a reliever. They need more help in the bullpen. It makes sense. That being said, I don't know if I would expect him to wind up being the ninth inning guy or the eighth inning guy or the bullpen ace. I just, I think that's, that's a lot to ask of somebody who's had a, to be completely blunt, a fucking terrible season. Like, yeah. you know, when we saw, I, I mean, let's be real here. Like Pearson's big issue is that it seems like he gets anxious on the mound and he's, kind of loses it and he can't throw strikes that's not exactly what you want in your ninth inning guy and i mean like you said we we've seen him pitch very well as a reliever in the past it's a completely different animal than starting i understand that but that's a that's a big pressure role and i'm just not i'm not sure if that's what you want to throw him into i think what you do is you start him off kind of when he comes back in a little bit lower leverage situations just to build some confidence because 
he really hasn't had that much of an opportunity this year to do so because he's been injured through so much of it. And then, you know, he made a start against Houston with the big league team. It didn't go well. He went back down, was kind of up and down, struggling down there, pitching well, got hurt again. So I think you don't want to throw him right into the deep end. You still have to remember this is your number one pitching prospect here. And there is, you know, a long-term thing. So ease him in. If he pitches really well, then yes, he can become your bullpen ace. It's a possibility, but don't sit there and lean on it and expect that to happen. Have we heard anything like injury wise or news wise with him? Like what's the latest on Pearson? I haven't, I, on June 22nd on the transactions page, he was added to the seven day list. It's been like almost two months. Uh, the word kind of was that he should be back at some point in August. They said okay. that um, he hasn't pitched any games in Buffalo. I don't think no. I was looking at his game log again. It's been June since June. So yeah, it's, it's been kind of quiet on that front. I know there was also um, an update on Julian Merriweather saying that there's a, it's, it's starting to look pretty unlikely that we'll even see him again this year, which kind of sucks. So, but it's, it's, it's been quite vague in general, but it, it does seem like the, uh, that we will see Pearson at some point before the end of the season. We'll always have that first weekend of the season with Julian Merriweather. Hey, when we thought he was like, he's of all time. Oh my God. Imagine yeah, what could like, have been, hey, if he was healthy all year. Oh, <laughs> honestly, like if Julian Merriweather alone, like never mind, like Herbie Yates as well would have been a huge help. But if you could have had one of those two guys healthy right now, they're two and a half games back of Oakland. It's pretty easy to imagine a scenario where they're like half a game back of the Oakland days. If one of those two guys is healthy, like that's how much I think a good bullpen arm could have helped them throughout the season. Oh, yeah. Think about all those games earlier on they were just blowing like crazy and i mean yeah. you just you flip like three or four of those games and i think you can pretty confidently say having merry weather would have resulted in those games flipping in different directions but i just found on twitter from ben nicholson smith uh, nate pearson's making progress progress with his sports hernia he pitched in a sim game recently next okay. up is likely another outing in florida before a potential triple a rehab stint so i imagine we're still probably at least a couple weeks away from seeing pearson but it should be sometime in august seems to be the, the the plan yeah you just wiped your shirt on your face like right I'm, in the mic i am ridiculously sweaty right now is it, it is cooking so in toronto hot. today it's so fucking hot it is so humid and i can't have my fan on because you complain about the noise all the time so I'm just, i complain about a lot i am i am just like i i feel like i just <laughs> I, I feel like i've been sitting in a fucking hot tub for an hour yeah, that's brutal, man. It's it's hot in Edmonton, but I'm sure it's not quite a as different uh, time. It's just like it is, yeah, the humidity and fucked up. Yeah. Ugh, All right, uh, let's get to uh, what's coming up next, and it's brought to you by DoorDash. Uh, Coomzy, maybe you need to order like a Slurpee or something on DoorDash. Just get something nice and cold. Eleven in the morning, that's a good time to get a Slurpee brought to your house from DoorDash. Uh, the promo code is BJN Pod DD. First time users of the app. If you use that 25% off and no delivery fees, shout out to our friends at DoorDash uh, Four coming up against the Boston fraud socks. And they are showing their fraudulent ways. As of late, they lost a series to the freaking Detroit tigers and reading some of the media in Boston, maybe not hitting the panic button, but I saw one tweet that was like, if they play the way they did against Detroit against Boston, they're getting swept and there will be some yes. ugly scores. Uh, hopefully the Red Sox do not find their game this weekend because if the Jays can somehow pull off four in a row over the Red Sox, they're suddenly going to pull within what a game of them. Something like that. It'd be like two games back if they could pull off this four game sweep. Cause I think what are they six or seven games back right now? They're six and a half back of the division and the Red Sox are one and a half back of the division. So if they can win all four, 
they'll be one game back of the Boston Red Sox, which yeah, would be can, unbelievable. This this situation kind of reminds me of um, in 2015 when um, the Jays went into Yankee Stadium. It, I think it was early September. It might have been late August. I, I can't fully remember. That season's quite the blur. But yeah, they went into Yankee Stadium and for the first time, like, in fucking ever they swept the Yankees and that was like an unbelievable series. And I understand this is a little bit different, but that was what was the real game changer for the Jays that year. It was the head to head sweep of New York. And then they made up all that ground. And this is what they need to do here is you have a chance. The Red Sox are not playing well at all. Since the Jays won that 13 to one game last Thursday, the Red Sox got swept by the Rays and they lost two of three to the Tigers. Tigers suck. Like I understand losing the Rays, but the Tigers are terrible. Red Sox are not pitching well. They're not, you know, they're not, they're, their offense isn't compensating quite as much. Like this, this team's flawed and the Jays need to capitalize right now. They have all the momentum. Everything's going in their favor. They're playing the Red Sox four times. You have to take three or four here. You cannot do two and two. You sure as fuck can't lose the series. No, you have to win the series. If you lose the series, that's not a nail in the coffin of your season, but it's a pretty massive blow. Um, They absolutely need to win this series. Looking at the starting pitching matchups, Tonight, Friday night, it's going to be the young gun Alec Manoa and his three and one record going up against Nate Yavaldi, who gave up five earned runs in his last start. It was against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Saturday, we're going Nick Pavetta versus Robbie Ray in game one and Hauk versus Jose Barrios in game two. Two seven inning games with Ray and Barrios as the starters. That is good Might news not to see me. The bullpen. <laughs> like legit. There is a very good chance that the only bullpen arm you might see is like Adam Simber. Or if they're up by like 20, it's someone else. But like either way, hopefully we don't see the bullpen Saturday in the doubleheader. That'll be a fun, fun day of baseball. I love these seven inning doubleheaders. Okay. And then on uh, Sunday, it's going to be Ryu versus Garrett Richards, who has a 5.21 ERA. Pretty much every starting pitching matchup favors the Jays in this series. Maybe Yavaldi yeah, Manoa is different, but the numbers favor Manoa there as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is this is the best case scenario for the Jays. I mean, we're also very lucky here that the Red Sox are taking it slow with Chris Sale, yeah. who's on his way back and is absolutely carving guys up in AAA right now. So I was a little bit nervous we were going to see Chris Sale like, oh yeah, the Red Sox are starting Chris Sale against Alec Manoa on Friday. And that would have just like been a really unfortunate way to start this series yeah. off. But we're not. The Red Sox are throwing out, you know, Nadia Valdi and, you know, Tanner Houck's fine. He's he's pretty good. But let's be real here. Pavetta and Richards, they're both yeah. pretty bad. The Jays have hit both of them this year. Jays have seen all these guys multiple times. Houck's uh, really the only one they haven't hit. Um, yeah, they, they really should tee off here and they have their four best starters going. So again, like I said, this is a great opportunity for them to kick the shit of the Red Sox. Like the Red Sox are down right now. Keep them there. Like, really fuck them up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the outer town scoreboard, which is suddenly becoming a rather big part of my life. And I'm sure everyone listening to this as well. Uh, the Oakland A's they're going up against the Texas Rangers this weekend. So, I mean, Useless. come on, Texas. You owe us one or something. I don't fucking know. Uh, the Mariners are going up against the Yankees and the Rays get the Orioles. So, I mean, you're trying to catch the Rays, Red Sox and A's kind of, and they get the Rangers and Orioles. So you better take care of business because I don't think they're going to get much help on the out down scoreboard. No, the Jays have to, they have to take care of business themselves and do what they did in 2015 and just win, 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 win. Just keep winning two or three, sweep somebody, two or three, three or four. Just keep winning. It'll all work itself out. It's that simple. 
four game set against the Red Sox. It's a playoff like atmosphere down at the Rogers Center. I haven't had a chance to uh, chat with you since you've been going to the games live again. How have they been? Oh, they've been so good. The um, oh, that Friday game was unbelievable. It was, oh. it was it was such an emotional return, and the the Sunday game as well. That was a blast. I mean, they just kicked the shit out of Kansas City. Like at so no fun. point, at no point did it feel like Kansas City was going to win any of those games at all. It was just like a complete pounding. It was unreal. Yeah, and the vibe there was amazing. Like everybody was in such a good mood. It was just so nice to be back. So good. Huh. Man, I'm very jealous. But even for me, like as a fan who's however many kilometers away, uh, just I'm so much more emotionally invested in the team now that they're back at Toronto. Like it yeah. just feels so much different. And I mean, one, they're such a likable group. Like you saw Manoa's Instagram videos of their clubhouse after a win and like all that stuff. And just the fact that they're back at the Rogers Center, it feels normal again. It doesn't feel like it's, you know, these weird seasons where it's not the right amount of games and they're playing in these weird parks, everything just sort of feels right again. And it's great to see them playing some good ball. Uh, you go into any of these games against Boston? Yeah, I'm going to the Saturday night game, I think. Okay. So they split up the seven inning double header. Like you, I, it's not like yeah. one ticket for both. Okay. So you'll get to see Jose Barrios. I will. That'll be very exciting. Excellent. And I'm going to boo the Red Sox and scream about them being frauds and have a few frauds and be a, be a lunatic. Damn right, Coombsy. Damn right. Uh, thanks then, for doing um, another back in Edmonton. So we're going to do this. We're going to do this in person for the next one. Yeah. When we recap the Red Sox, we'll be doing this bad boy in person. Hey, yeah. Monday, Monday afternoon, I'll be back. So we'll, where are we doing it? Where are we doing it? I don't know. We'll where figure it out. It? Little brick, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'll figure something brick. out. I can pack up the gear pretty quickly. So uh, we can do it wherever we can go to a nice park. Maybe oh, uh, that'd be probably fun. be bad audio, but anyways, um, I'm excited to see you next Monday, Coombsy. That'll be a ton of fun. You enjoy the games this weekend. Everyone listening, thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Shout out to DoorDash. Shout out to Twig and Berries. Shout out to you, Coombsy. Thanks for holding down the fort while I was uh, gone, and we'll do another one of these soon. Sounds good. Best wishes, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.